rescue from outside of ourselves. And if I can get in on the reading party, listen to this from St. Augustine from a sermon he preached in the fourth century. Being rich, he became poor for our sake so that by his poverty, we might become rich. When he assumed our mortality and overcame death, he manifested himself in poverty. His poverty was not a sign of riches lost, but a promise of riches to come later. He, equal to the Father in the form of God, became like us in the form of a servant, and he reforms us to be like God, rescue from outside of ourselves, which is what the gospel writer John was getting at. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light. He came as a witness to the light, the true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world. And the world came into being through him, but the world didn't know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people didn't accept him. But to those who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. Rescue from outside of ourselves, dark streets, shining What an interesting line John uses. He came to what was his own, and his own people didn't accept him. He came to rescue. They wanted him to reassure. They were just fine. They were actually better. He came to rescue. They wanted him to reinforce their prejudices and preconceived ideas about the way things ought to go. He came to rescue a God mission that included a manger and required a cross. No wonder they didn't accept him. Though claiming to be God, he went the way of humility. Though he had all the capacity of eternity, he chose the way of self-emptying service. Though he could raise the dead, he chose to suffer the traitor's death himself. No wonder they didn't accept him. And I wonder, would we accept him now? He came to what was his own, and his own people didn't accept him. I want you to listen with me, launching from John's gospel into Matthew's, Matthew on the cross. When Pilate saw that he could do nothing, but rather a riot was beginning, he washed his hands before the crowd And said, I'm innocent of this man's blood. See to it yourselves. And all the people as a whole said, let his blood be on us and on our children. So he released Barabbas for them. And after flogging Jesus, he handed him over to be crucified. The soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the governor's headquarters and the cohort gathered around him. They stripped him of his clothes and placed a scarlet robe on him. They twisted thorns into a crown and placed it on his head. They put a reed in his right hand. They knelt before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. They spat on him and struck him with the reed on his head. And after mocking him, they stripped him of the robe and put his own clothes on him. 
and they led him away to be crucified. On the way, they came to a man from Cyrene named Simon, and they compelled this man to carry his cross. When they came to Golgotha, which is the place of the skull, they offered him wine to drink mixed with gall, but when he tasted it, he refused to drink it. When they had crucified him, they divided his clothes among them by casting lots, and they sat down and watched over him. Above his head, they placed the charge against him, which read, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Two bandits were crucified with him, one on his right, the other on his left. The passerbys derided him, shaking their heads. You who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, come down from the cross, save yourself. If you are the Son of God, the chief priests also, with the scribes and the elders, mocked him. He saved others. He can't save himself. This is the king of Israel. Let him come down from the cross now, and then we will believe. He trusts in God. Let God deliver him now if he wants to. For he said, I'm God's son. The bandits who were crucified with him also mocked him. At noon, darkness covered the whole land until three o'clock in the afternoon. At about three o'clock, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lemma sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The crowd who heard it said, listen, he's calling for Elijah, then One of them ran, got a sponge, filled it with sour wine, put it on a stick and offered it to him. But the other said, wait, let's see if Elijah comes to save him. Then Jesus cried out in a loud voice again and breathed his last. The curtain in the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, rocks split. Bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And after the resurrection, they came out of the tomb and entered the holy city and appeared to many. When the centurion and those who were with him watching over Jesus saw the earthquake and all that took place, they were terrified and said, truly, this man is God's son. This is the word of the Lord. It's Matthew 27, 24 through 54. He came to what was his own, and his own people didn't accept him. Just a couple of things on the cross. It's the way of salvation and the way for life. The cross is the necessary instrument of salvation. The the crowds and the passerbys that kept taunting him, mocking him, laughing at him, come down from the cross, save yourselves. But his heart wasn't to save himself, but to save the world. Did you notice how they taunted him? Pilate, the coward, I'm innocent of this man's blood. See to it 
for yourselves. The crowd, angry, let his blood be on us and on our children. The passerbys laughing at him. You who would destroy the temple and in three days rebuild it, come down from the cross. If you are the Son of God, the chief priests and the scribes and the elders, they mock him too. He saved others, he can't save himself. I thought you were God's son. The bandits laughed at him. There's an echo in their mocking. There's an, there's an ancient echo in their mocking of earlier temptations that take place throughout the Scriptures. Taking what's true, manipulating it, and turning it in on itself. If you are the Son of God, he was the Son of God. If you are the Son of God, do something contrary to the purposes of the Son of God. Just like in Genesis, God had made humankind in his image, and the serpent slips up behind them and says... You can become like God, taking what's true, manipulating it, and turning it in on, its, on, the, on, the, on itself. Or in the wilderness, when the serpent slips up behind Jesus and says, if you are the Son of God, he was the Son of God, if you are the Son of God, turn these stones into loaves of bread, taking something true, manipulating it, and turning it in on itself, contrary to the purposes of the truth. And there they are taunting him, mocking him, laughing at him. If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross. And Jesus hangs there silent knowing the cross is the necessary instrument of salvation. And then finally, finally, the centurion watching it all happen, the earthquake and the rock splitting and the Bodies rising and Jesus lifeless on the cross. Finally, the centurion shouts it out. Truly, this man was God's son. Salvation. And because he's God's son, we're children of God. As Lewis puts it, the son of God became the son of man so that we might become children of God. Salvation. I like the way Augustine puts it in a different sermon. The maker of man became man, that he, ruler of the stars, might be nourished at his mother's breast. That he, the bread, might hunger. That he, the fountain, might thirst. That he, the light, might sleep. That he, the way, might be wearied by the journey. That he, the truth, might be accused by false witnesses. That he, the judge of the living and the dead, might be brought to trial by a mortal judge. That he, justice, might be condemned by the unjust. That he, discipline, might be scourged with whips. That he, the foundation, might be suspended upon a cross. That courage might be weakened. That healer might be wounded. That life might die to free us. He came to what was his own. And his own people did not accept him. But to those who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, salvation. Truly, this man is God's son, and because he's the only begotten son, we're the adopted children, salvation. The cross of salvation, the cross for life, we, we, we embrace the cross as the necessary instrument of salvation, the way of forgiveness, the past you can't change, now opened into a future in which you can be changed. The thing you've done you can't undo, now a new story to write with your life. The cross is the necessary instrument of salvation. It's also a way of life, and I'm not so sure we're willing to embrace the cross as a way of life. He came to what was his own. And will his own accept him? Though God, he went the way of humility, 
Though all the capacity of eternity, he went the way of self-emptying service. Though he had the power to raise the dead, he chose the way of suffering the traitor's death himself. Humility, service, self-emptying, sacrifice. It's the way of the cross. It turns the world upside down. It announces a new way, a new story, a better story. I came across these words from Scott Hegley. He's a professor at Pittsburgh Theological Seminary in an article I can't remember the title of. The cross turns the world on its head. It remains a scandal and sounds foolish. It plunges the powerful into a crisis. The cross dislodges us from self-serving practices and opens our imagination to what is inconceivable, a God who embraces the God-forsaken. Communities, and now we're getting to the point, communities thus claimed by the cross define success not in terms of influence or reach, but rather proximity and fidelity, proximity and fidelity, proximity and fidelity. He drew near to the leper and he touched the blind man, proximity and fidelity. He knelt with the woman caught in adultery and he sat with the demon-possessed man, proximity and fidelity. He called Zacchaeus down from the tree and he instructed Nicodemus at night, proximity and fidelity. He entered into the manger only to be hung on the cross, proximity and fidelity. It's the way of the cross. It turns the world upside down. Those, he came to what was his own, and will his own accept him? We love the cross as the necessary instrument of salvation, but will you embrace it as a way of life? We love to sing the carols this time of year, silent night, but we're so loud. Oh, little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. But we run around and we scurry about. Oh, come let us adore. But we're so distracted. He came to what was his own, and will his own accept him? I had a really beautiful conversation with Bill and Judy Covert a couple of weeks ago. Bill and Judy are beloved members of this community. Bill, for a long time, and I got to marry Bill and Judy just a few years ago. Uh, Bill had his knee replaced recently, so I hopped on Chicago Drive and made my way to Hudsonville where they lived. Pulled into their driveway. The garage door was open. I saw on the side of, uh, on, the, on the garage wall, dozens of pictures that Judy refers to as the mystery tours that she would take her grandchildren on. I knocked on the door. She greeted me warmly. We exchanged the pleasantries. She took my coat, and we settled into a delightful conversation in their living room overlooking the pond and the walking trail and a beautiful scene. We talked about Bill's recovery and rehab. He was sitting on the lazy boy, his knee elevated, we talked about pillar, pillar people and pillar life. We talked about COVID and a pandemic. We talked about God and family. At one point, Judy shared with me a story of her four-year-old great-granddaughter. Her name is Sophia, which means wisdom, if you were wondering. Little Sophia, four years old. Her grandpa, whom she called Bubba, died suddenly and tragically about six months ago. That's Judy's son-in-law, Sophia's Grandpa died suddenly and tragically about six months ago. And it sent the family reeling, as you can imagine it would, and little Sophia too. 
A month or so ago, their family was gathering for a trunk or treat party at a local church. I think it was in Jenison somewhere. And after they had done their trunking and treating, they made their way into the church's fellowship hall for a lunch or a dinner of some kind or another. And Sophia's mom recognized Sophia was no longer with her at the table when she noticed her over in the corner of the fellowship hall on her knees, hands folded, head bowed at the foot of the cross. Here's a picture of little Sophia someone captured. Her mom or friend, I'm not sure which, went over to her, picked her up, asked her what she was doing. She said, I had to talk to God. I wanted to know if Bubba's okay. And you can imagine their hearts melted. And then Sophia added, someone told me he's okay. Here's another picture of Sophia at the cross. The once folded hands and bowed head, now head lifted in adoration, eyes open towards the cross. Beyond the image of a four-year-old daughter named Wisdom whose faith is sincere, I wonder if it's not an image for all of us, for a way of life, looking towards the cross, going the way of the cross. He came to what was his own, and will his own accept him? God goes the way of humility, infant child, cold manger, unsuspecting mother, With all the capacity of eternity, he empties himself. With the power to raise the dead, he suffers the traitor's death. He came to what was his own, and will his own accept him? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. For those who receive him, who believe in his name, he gave power to become children of God. If you believe Jesus is Lord and you acknowledge him as Savior, you're welcome to celebrate in this virtual way. Find some bread and wine, crackers and juice. The body of Christ given for you, the cup of Christ poured out for you. If you're not at that place, you just happened onto this YouTube channel or for whatever reason got dragged into sitting here, I invite you to Think about, consider, reflect on the things you've heard and maybe pay attention to your resistances and hesitations. This is not meant to be manipulative. For those who do gather around the table, the ensemble will lead us in prayer.